The 14th century English mystic Julian of Norwich has been talked about by people in many different ways, but first and foremost, she's the author of an extraordinary text, The Revelations, which is the earliest known text authored by a woman in English. Personally, she has been a friend and companion in my Christian life for over 30 years. I'm the Reverend David Simmons, Episcopal priest and oblate in the Order of Julian of Norwich. Thank you for joining me as we read and pray through the works of this extraordinary woman of faith and explore what she has to teach us about God's love. Good morning and welcome to chapter 34 of Love Was His Meaning. Let's start with our little office, the link of which can be found in either the podcast or the um, live stream description. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let's say Psalm 91 together. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall say to the Lord, You are my refuge and my stronghold, my God in whom I put my trust. He shall deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence. He shall cover you with his pinions, and you shall find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness shall be a shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of any terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, of the plague that stalks in the darkness, nor of the sickness that lays waste at midday. A thousand shall fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Your eyes have only to behold, to see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, and the Most High your habitation, there shall no evil happen to you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder, you shall trample the young lion and the serpent under your feet. Because he is bound to me in love, therefore will I deliver him. I will protect him, because he knows my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I am with him in trouble. I will rescue him and bring him to honor. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us say together a prayer of Julian. God of your goodness, give me yourself, for you are enough to me, and I could ask nothing that is less that can be full honor to you. And if I ask anything that is less, I shall always be in want, for only in you have I all. Amen. Well, here we are in chapter 34, and I believe, if I've been reading ahead correctly, we finally got to the point where Julian is willing to give up the um, the whole question she's been asking about, well, if God will make everything well with the great deed at the end of the time, I just don't see how that's, that's going to happen with the amount of sin that's in the world. That is her overriding concern here, and I think we're, we're nearly at the end of, of her, her great struggle with that. Our Lord God showed two kinds of secrecies. One is the great secret, with all the secret details that are part of it. And these things, he wills that we understand, are hidden until the time that he will clearly show them to us. 
The other are the secrets which, which he himself showed openly in this revelation, for they are secrets that he wishes to make open and known to us, for he wants us to be aware that it is his will that we know them. They are secrets to us not only because he wills they be secrets to us, but they are secrets to us because of our blindness and our ignorance. Concerning those weaknesses, he has great pity, and therefore he wishes to make the secrets more open to us himself, by which we can know him and love him and cleave to him. For all that is advantageous for us to be aware of and to know, full graciously our good Lord will show us through all the preaching and teaching of Holy Church. God showed the very great pleasure that he has in all men and women who strongly and humbly and willingly receive the preaching and teaching of Holy Church, for he is Holy Church. He is the foundation. He is the essence. He is the teaching. He is the teacher. He is the goal. He is the reward for which every natural soul toils. And this is known and shall be known to every soul to which the Holy Spirit declares it, and I hope truly that he will assist all those who seek in this way, for they seek God. All this that I have said now, and more that I shall say later, is reassuring against sin, for in the third showing, when I saw that God does all that is done, I saw no sin, and then I saw that all is well. And when God showed me as regards sin, he then said, All shall be well. So Julian starts by classifying the secrecies <clears throat> that are in some ways received uh, in, in her showings. One is the great secret with all the secret details uh, that, that will be done at the end of time that we know nothing about, that, that, we, we had, that we're just asked to trust in, in, in these revelations. The second are all these revelations, she says, the second classification are the revelations that she actually gets uh, in the course of uh, receiving them. And it's God's will that we know them and that we receive them. And um, she brings up the point that it's not only because God wishes it to be secret, but because we're so blind and ignorant as people, that we're so, so kind of self-absorbed uh, in who we are as human beings that quite often many of these secrets might have been discerned uh, later earlier if it wasn't just for our blindness and our ignorance. Um and then she goes through this little kind of poetic thing about talking about the relationship between God and the church. And this is important because there are some commentators on Julian out there who, who kind of like to talk about uh, Julian as being a, a rebel against the church, et cetera, et cetera. You really kind of have to read into the text to get there, um, to take a lot that she writes down and pretend as if she's just inserting it just because she has to or something like that. Um but the truth is, it. I mean, I, th I think it's it's fairly clear her relationship to the church is that some of the things she hears in the Revelation don't seem to accord with the church's teachings, but she believes that it's very important for her to be uh, part of the church. Um, and for that reason, she holds them in tension. And I think in some ways that makes her a perfect saint for us as moderns, because most of us as modern people, uh, there, there are tensions between our faith and between what's going on in the world. Um, you know, people probably think about science and faith, although for me, that's not a major thing. Those are two different ways of going about looking at the world. But sometimes you have uh, things that come up that are, are in tension with uh, the received teaching of the church. And in many cases, what we need to do is hold them in tension. We need to say, uh, yeah, we've got this great insight from something that we figured out in modern times. And we also have this ancient insight. And we can hold those in tension without having to resolve them. 
you know, having to resolve something is, I think, in some ways uh, problematic because we're dealing with a God who is so greater than anything we can ever know that, of course, there are things that we don't know right now. Uh, there are things that we will probably never know as human beings, at least on this side of the veil. So hold, being able to hold things in tension is really important for a healthy Christian life. Uh, wanting everything tied up in neat ends um, and obsessing about getting there uh, is is not will, will make you miss the greater picture of what God is trying to do in our lives and, and many of the options that God sets before us. Uh, and what she says is, she says He is God is the church, Jesus is the church. Jesus is Holy Church, the essence, the foundation, the teaching, the teacher, the goal, and the reward for which every soul naturally toils. So, um, one of those things, you know, um, the the I'll often hear from people, and I, I actually generally don't correct them because I figure it's something that the Holy Spirit has to bring them to, is this idea that uh, you're a, a a Christian, but you don't go to church. Now, there are, or participate in a faith community. It's not even if you go to a church on Sunday morning. It's a question of whether you do it in community together, because um, being a Christian by nature means being in relationship with a community of believers, whether that means you go to a Protestant or Catholic or Orthodox church on Sunday morning, or whether that means that you meet for Bible study with some people, or you even have just have a group of friends that you sit around and talk about uh, the Bible and your lives and stuff like that. A community is really important. Uh, you don't see the examples throughout history of of great Christians being isolated from everybody else. I mean, you find hermits uh, who go out into the, into the wilderness, but even they meet at least once a day or once a week for the Eucharist. It's really important that that, that communal uh, portion uh, is really part important to us as, as Christians because the first thing Jesus does is he calls his community of disciples together. That's literally the beginning of his, of his ministry. Um, and without community, we're not really following in Jesus' footsteps. So a community, a Christian community of some sort is required. Uh, in order to to be able to experience the full Christian life, at least in my experience. And that seems to be what Julian says as well. Uh, Jesus is the church, so therefore, in order to be um, in full communion with Jesus, uh, that, that some participation in the church at some level seems to be important to her. Um, and then the last thing here, this reassuring against sin. So what I've said now, from the third showing, I saw that God does all that is done. That's when she sees God in a point. So, you know, that 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 God is everything and God is in a point. So that's everything there. Um, and she she saw no sin. And then she sees at the end of time all is well. And then when God showed me as regards sin, he said, all shall be well. Um, John Julian on the commentary says, uh, that God's only revelation to Julian about sin was, don't worry about it, all shall be well. This doesn't mean that we don't work on our own lives. This doesn't mean that we don't strive to improve ourselves. And even more importantly, in some ways, improving the institutions around us. Because sometimes those institutions are the things that, that bear and create the sin. But what we're saying, what God is saying is, you really have to stop worrying about this, Julian. You can't figure this out, but for me, all things are possible. You know, I say all things, God says, I say all things are possible, and, and sin does exist, uh, and you think that's impossible for me to, for, to reconcile, but for God, all things are possible. And the, the way that sin works into that equation 
is one of those things that we ultimately can't worry about. It's one of those things that the more we try to dig into, the more it will slip through our fingers. Let's continue with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I ask your prayers for the people of Eastern Europe, particularly for the people of Ukraine. I ask your prayers for those on our parish prayer list, and I bid your prayers either silently or aloud at this time. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Most holy Lord, the ground of our beseeching, who through your servant St. Julian revealed the wonder of your love, grant that as we are created in your nature and restored by your grace, our wills may be so made one with yours that we may come to see you face to face and gaze on you forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for uh, Love Was His Meaning. Uh, chapter 34 today. We will move on to chapter 35 on Thursday, and it's a longer chapter. Um, so until then, uh, take care of yourselves and God bless. Thank you for joining me for Love Was His Meaning today. This podcast is generally available twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The text of Julian's Revelations used in this podcast is The Complete Julian by Father John Julian Swanson OJN and is used by permission of the Order of Julian of Norwich. The theme music is Julian of Norwich by Bombadil and is used under license.